You're listening to the God Stories Radio podcast, www.godstoriesradio.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of God Stories Radio, a very special Friday edition <laughs> of God Stories Radio. And we got special things to come. This is episode 327. I'm Fritz. And I'm Tina. What's going on, babe? Oh, my goodness. I'm just happy to be here. I'm right? happy that we're doing this. I and know. I feel like God is re-energizing God Stories Radio, so it's pretty exciting. I know. We have had just some spectacular guests. Yeah. The authors that we're getting <laughs> yeah. are just amazing. And this one in particular that's um, made time out of his busy schedule to be with us tonight on Friday night, Mr. David Turner. I know I can't wait to hear what he has to say. Yeah, you have a little bit of an intro there for him, don't you? <laughs> I do. <laughs> and I feel like I could just sit down and have coffee with this brother because yeah. uh, I've, I, I've lived this. That's how I'm looking at this. Yes, for sure. Anything you want to start off with, baby? Uh, what do you got? Anything? Oh, I thought you were just diving right into it. Well, so. no, you know how we do. Okay. We're going to chat a little bit, right. you know, but I mean, we don't have to. I want to give Dave as much time okay. as we can. Well, I wasn't sure where you were going, my love. Um, no, I, I mean, it's, you know, been an interesting week just getting back to work and uh, getting back into the grind. We all went to Nashville. And our youngest, we uh, hauled out there and two of my cousins came by to help us celebrate and we had a really nice time. Well, I'll second that. Yeah. We really did. But Had that first night was c- 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 cold. Cold, right? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Big difference from and, Tennessee oh, weather yeah. to Florida weather. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> we were really lucky, though, because I guess they were having snow flurries the week before. And the week we got there, the weather warmed up some. So we uh, we definitely got to enjoy some beautiful days while we were there. That we did. Your mom seemed to enjoy things. Yes, we only got rained on once, so <laughs> sadly we were walking. <laughs> but it's okay, it makes for good memories. <laughs> yes, it does. And I hope you guys are having a great week out there. We thank you for tuning in. You have tuned in to a good one. And by the way, just looking at stats, we want to welcome our brothers and sisters in France Ooh. and uh, India. Ooh la la, I should uh, say. We got the UK in the house. Yeah, represent UK. And uh, Guyana. Spain, Canada, Israel, Mexico, and my peeps, Germany. All right. Well, I got, I guess I got Guyana representing too, because I got family out there too. Yeah. We want to welcome Jazz Nick. Jazz Nick. Jazzy, how you doing? Good to see you, girl. Thanks. You Thanks for joining. Yeah. Thanks for being with us on a cool Friday night. Yes. We're doing coast to coast tonight, Florida to Cali. I know. Our guest is from Cali, and it turns out he's from my old stomping grounds, which is crazy. You got to read the book, babe. You I know. You won't believe it. I man. will. He's I been will. every place like you've been. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild. That's awesome. Well, why don't you introduce our guest, babe, so we can get started? I'm going to do it. Tonight, we have got very special guest, Mr. David Turner. He is the author of a recent book, From Coward to Warrior, and he's going to talk about that. It's amazing, in which he uh, narrates his journey through a spouse's adultery and the incredible grace of God that they both found along the way. He and his wife recently celebrated their 20th anniversary. That's awesome. With a trip to Costa Rica. They did it right. Nice. And oh, had, man. It was awesome. If, I, I can't say enough good things about it. Oh, man. I'm going with you next time. Uh, <laughs> let me see. And you they, should. You bet, buddy. Uh, they have four beautiful kids between ages 11 and 20 years old. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show Mr. David Turner. Woohoo. Welcome, David. Well, thank you. I'm super honored to to be here and on the podcast. Well, we're really glad that you are one of the people who said yes to being on the show. Uh, we love being contacted um, by guests willing to share their testimonies and um, share their stories with everybody for God's glory. So it's always um, great to be a part of um, 
you know, showing off what God has done in, in people's lives. Don't you know when uh, God wants to bless you, he sends people into your life? He does. He yeah. does. And I, I feel that. like um, I feel like this book was to be a blessing in my life because um, I know we're going to talk more about it and I'm, I could talk the whole podcast, but um, I'll let, uh, I'll let Dave take over and just kind of, you know, give us a synopsis of, of the inspiration of the book. But, but then I want to talk about one of the quotes that he made in. Before he does that, babe, let's have him just tell us some basic stuff about him. Well, all right. Yeah, Dave, just tell us a little bit this about yourself. This is why I married you, see, because I'm the go-getter and, and you're the brains. <laughs> yeah, just tell us, you know, where where your parents come from, where'd you grow up, all of it. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, so I grew up in San Jose, California, um, same town as you, Tina, yeah, as mm -hmm. Fritz mentioned. Um, and uh, let's see. I, I grew up, we, we went to Catholic church, eh, ish, you know, and uh, so um, I, I would say I, I was not raised per se Christian, more, more of, you know, more of a Catholic church. The one thing I remember from Catholic church was how the, the priest would talk about how we should all love each other. And then everyone would go in the parking lot and they would just be so angry and cussing at each other and honking. And I was <laughs> oh, like, were these people just in the same church service? <laughs> they were so pissed off, you know? And I was like, huh. So anyway. Dave, but, what do um, they do with that little smoky thing, man? What's that thing? That little smoky thing that they, uh, they oh, yeah, the incense do, Oh, is that what that is? Yeah, that's incense. Yeah, no, that we didn't do that at our at our church. That's more of a that's more of an Eastern Orthodox thing, actually. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, but um, anyway, so yeah, so and then um, I I became a Christian. Actually, I met a young lady at uh, West Valley College, Tina. Yes, that name I think sound that sounds familiar. familiar yes, yeah, and uh, I I felt completely in love with her um i didn't know i didn't really care so much for the jesus thing she she managed to convince me to go to church and do all those things and i did whatever she said because i was just interested in being with her <laughs> and um but you know it, 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 the funny thing is you know it, god has a funny way of knowing what we want and he uses that to get to what he wants right so mm -hmm. eventually god got to my heart and um so yeah so I accepted Christ at some point um, after I met her, and we didn't end up. We ended up breaking up, but but I I continued on my relationship with Jesus, and um, I I ended up. So I was going to San Francisco State at the time, actually, and this is this is totally unrelated to the book, but it's a little bit of background. And the 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 kind of watershed moment for me was so she told me that we couldn't date anymore because I wasn't Christian. And so I said to myself, well, that should be a problem. It's fixable. What's the Christian thing about? Like, you know, I'm still thinking, you know, like guy, how do, how do I achieve the goal? I know what I want. I want this girl. <laughs> so, so I went to the library and I checked out a few books about Christianity and, you know, I was just actually about religions, the world, the religions of man by Houston Smith. I still remember it. Cause anyways. And so I started reading that and, I got to the chapter on Buddhism and Buddha Gautama, his he, he at one point he goes on this journey. He kind of walks walks through the wilderness for a long time. When he comes back, he's received all the revelation that he, he needs. And I was like, you know what, I need to do that. And so on a the next morning, on a very cold October morning, I set out from San Francisco with nothing except a backpack with my book in it and a sweater. And um and I started walking south. I was just, that was my whole plan. Walk south and see if, I guess, see if God was there. Mm. <laughs> and uh, so I walked as far as Pacifica that night. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got, I got a ways. And it was a super windy day. And about four o'clock, I was, I stopped. I was on the beach. Um, I hadn't, I didn't bring any money even. I was going to fast like, like him, you know, I was like molding my journey after this Buddha guy. 
So I'm cold. It's windy. It's all get out. It's getting colder. And I saw these cement pipes, like they were changing giant sewer pipes or something. And they were like sitting on the, on the, beach waiting to kind of be installed so i started thinking okay i guess i'll just crawl into one of those to sleep because i needed to get out of the wind right but it didn't seem like it was going to be that comfortable it seemed like it was going to be really miserable actually so i i start walking down the beach about five o'clock close to sunset and i come to this abandoned house and um and i i'm like is it is it really just abandoned like this house? It was just like, it was right out of a movie. And I'm thinking to myself, well, if I spend the night here, is there going to be a homeless person that's going to come and, and kill me? You know, <laughs> I, it was so creepy looking, but it was slightly better than the cement pipes on the beach. Right. Uh -huh. And so, so I decided, well, I, I propped myself against the door for the night and kind of crouched against the door and and kind of drifted in and out of sleep and um and spent the night in this abandoned house it was and all all night long the wind was blowing things and banging things in the house and i was sure every time something banged that's you know somebody was coming to kill me or whatever yeah but nope yeah yeah nope sure enough <laughs> i survived the night and uh i mean I've never been so happy to see a morning. I still remember it. it was like one tiny little sliver of light. And that was off. I was like, okay, I'm done. So I went <laughs> going <laughs> and uh, I walked on to, um, I, I kept walking. I walked all the way down to Half Moon Bay. Wow. And That's uh, where my parents live. Is it really? Yeah. I love Half Moon Bay. Great town. Beautiful. Great town. There's, a, there's yeah. an, uh, an amazing restaurant like right on the water there. I can't remember the name what, of it. Um, I know it's painted it, blue. Miramar is a hotel. I can't. There's a lot of great restaurants. Oh, I'm not yeah, sure yeah. Time. Sorry to interrupt, but that just brought back the memory. No. <laughs> Feel free to interrupt. Yeah, no. Food, you know. <laughs> and um, yeah, so so and so. By the time I get to Half Moon Bay, I've finished this book, and I have decided this. This was the thought that was in my mind. All of these religions that I've read about have some truth, but Christianity is the truth. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, so if that's the case, then I want to know more about this Christianity. So that day it happened to be raining in Half Moon Bay. So I went to the library. I found the book Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. Mm -hmm. And I read that book cover to cover. You know, I had nothing else to do. I was, it was wet. <laughs> I didn't right. want to go out. So right. it was the perfect way to spend the day. And, um, and and I would say so that was that was kind of when things that was the foundation of my becoming a believer. Some somewhere in there, I, I remember also going to a church service, a youth service. I think it wasn't even with this girl. It was just by myself for some reason. And I I, I made the decision. I, I raised my hand to accept Christ. But I I, I I honestly don't remember if that was before or after the journey to having Bay. It was it was in there somewhere. It was kind of kind of all you know. It kind of all blends together. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so that was that was uh, that was my story, my testimony of how I became a Christian. And that's so, cool. I yeah. think that's cool. I, I think mean, that's fantastic. You you really were on a uh, quest or a search to find the Lord and and be directed because you didn't really quite know what it meant to be a Christian yeah, yet. He was set up at a and young you, age. You yeah, probably but... still didn't know even at the time you accepted Christ, but. I'm sure he right. he groomed you along the way to understanding more and more about him. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I, I, I've heard many times and I think it's true. You know, if we knew everything about what following Jesus was going to be alike, be about yet the moment we make that decision, you know, maybe, maybe we would have second thoughts. Yeah. Know, right. But, <laughs> but <laughs> it's, it's not all flowers and unicorns, but you know, neither is regular. Life. You, know, right. you know what I'm trying to yes, say. Yes, you know? we do. We do. But, yeah. Don't yeah, pray for I patience. Remember, <laughs> I do remember my, my favorite part of that, uh, what, what was that about patience? I said, don't pray for patience. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes, that's a, that's a, yeah, that's another. <laughs> uh, my favorite part of that journey, or not my favorite part, but the standout part I remember is, is coming back 
after four days, I, I had nothing to eat. And, uh, I, you know, I walked to have me so, and I came back and I, I got out a salad bowl and I had a salad bowl size of Lucky Charms. <laughs> Good choice. Yeah. Uh, yes. I, uh, I do think so as well. Yes. <laughs> our son, he buys so, us snack bars, uh, Lucky Charms. You know, it's just not ch- chocolate on the bottom. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. what were we talking about oh (laughs) kids nowadays kids nowadays just so you know every time my husband is going to say something it's probably going to be related to food yeah and don't bring up waffle house in your testimony and now it's over (laughs) no 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 worries waffle house is too southern for us in california (laughs) We can't handle it. <laughs> so you, you go on this journey and yeah. you feel like you've made a connection with this book. Um, you know, C.S. Lewis. I mean, yeah. a classic, yeah. right? So Yeah, you, so I came back and at the time, like I said, I'm going to San Francisco State. Mm-hmm. And um, the, girl, the girl that I had fallen in love with, she was, by this time, she was at school in Oregon. So that was kind of like, it was completely separate. Mm-hmm. And, but I wanted, you know, I was trying to, I guess I was trying to feel close to her. So she had told me about this rescue mission that she had gone and helped at in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to do that. Because I had a job on Union Square. Mm-hmm. And being a college student, I wasn't about to park my car on Union Square because it's like $20, $30 a day back then. It's probably mm-hmm. three times oh, wow. that now. And so, you know, I would park in the Tenderloin, which is kind of the down and out skid mm-hmm. row area of San Francisco and for yeah. five bucks. And I would walk over to Union Square in about five minutes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I passed a lot of people. And, you know, as I was becoming a Christian, I felt like, you know, there's 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 got to be something I'm supposed to do something about that, you know? I can't mm-hmm. just walk past and pretend it doesn't exist. So that was when I started wanting to go. I was like, okay, I'll go, you know, help out at this rescue mission. So I started volunteering there on Friday nights. And um, I ended up really going to church there on Sundays because it was, you know, it was, a, it was a one-stop shop. They had church. They had rescue mission. They had everything. And so I, I really... Um, kind of went went all in there at the rescue mission and uh and that became a big part of my my spiritual development too and actually where i ended up meeting my future wife t wow wow okay yeah so they didn't pay us well but i did get a wife out of it so (laughs) you know you can find a thankful angle in anything you know that's right. That's you really right. can, praise the Lord. So the young lady from Oregon, or that ended up in Oregon, she decided that she couldn't date you anymore because she didn't feel that you were a Christian. Even yeah. af- even after you had gone on the walk and you had done the yeah. the um, the work at the uh, was it a shelter? Yeah, at okay. the rescue mission. Not yeah. a shelter at the time. They had services where they would serve food and, and stuff like that. But yeah. yeah, you know, I went back there and I was like, yay, I'm a Christian now. We can be together. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it, it didn't quite work out that way. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, man. His ways are not our ways. That's right. Yeah. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Yeah. But Obviously. Well, at the time... The funny thing is, at the time, you know, God has this interview. At the time, she was convinced that she was going to serve overseas as a missionary. Like she was like, "I'm, I'm not staying here. God's called me overseas. I'm okay. I'm not going to be here for long." And I was like, "Overseas? There's nothing good outside of America. Why, why would you? Why would you go there? Why would mm-hmm. you do that?" Mm-hmm. You know, I was just incredulous. You know, 20 years later, I spent seven of my years of my life living in Fiji, and she has never <laughs> left the United States. <laughs> oh, and that's the irony of it all yes. right there. That's awesome. Yeah, I can just I can just see God up in heaven hearing me say this. <laughs> oh, really? We'll see about that, Turner. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. That is hilarious. Oh I love that. Oh, my gosh. It's almost like a line in a movie. And then, 
Yeah. We'll see about that, Turner. Right? <laughs> That's our new catchphrase for you now. There we go. <laughs> David. I like it. There we go. Uh, I love it. All right, babe. I know you have questions about the book, but now that we know a little bit about David, I feel like, you know. Yeah, and I, I'd still like to bring him, uh, bring us up to present um, t- and uh, kind of tell us um, what spawned the book, you know. Uh, yeah. Just give us a precursor to the book because I really think every man, at least every man, should own this book. You know, and it benefits women too, but from a man's perspective. I am biased, but I think so too. I think every man should have this book. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually. Well, Frick, it's funny you say that because, you know, I, so we, we did, we, 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 I went on a book tour, quote, tour with my wife to Fiji and we gave away about, I don't know, a hundred copies to all of her family members. And, you know, it was interesting. I found, so, you know, there were some guys, but as guys in general, you know, I, I hate to say it, but we don't read a lot, you know, we're not really, it's not, for most guys, it's not a thing, you know? It's true. Not, That's true. It's not my thing, you know, but I... But, but, you know, like most Christian books out there are written with the target audience of women. So I was curious what, you know, some of these young ladies would come back. And they they were some of the ones that also told you what I, I mean, told me what I what I mentioned uh, before we were before we started about how they, they went home and they were like, um, sorry, honey, I can't make dinner tonight or breakfast tomorrow. I'm reading this book. And they were just like all into it. And and it, it addressed some of their um, I, for lack of a better phrase, some of their daddy issues that mm, you yeah, know, yeah. under the surface. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, you know, because. I, I mentioned it just in passing in the book that it was kind of what happened with T and, and kind of a driving force behind some of the things that was going on for her. But that wasn't what the book was supposed to be about. But, you know, it was just this weird tangential thing. Like these girls came and they were like, I cried the whole time. And yeah, it was it was really interesting how it touched them. And I, I wouldn't have expected it. Yeah, the, I love the way that you eloquently wove it into the storyline, and then the fact that you had that conversation with T, and and you you said, I, "I am not your father." You know, look me in the eye. I am not your father. Repeat after me. I mean, that had to have been pretty intense. It was intense. Yeah, I can only totally- imagine. I was intense reading it. I'm like, wow. So I mean. <clears throat> Well, let's, for the rest of us who haven't read the book, rewind a bit. That's okay. Rewind a bit. And David, why don't you give us uh, an intro and a summary of the book? Yes, please. Yeah, so so I'll just pick up, like, kind of from where I left off. So so I ended up meeting my future wife there at the rescue mission. Mm -hmm. Um, And we got married in 2002. And... um, and we, you know, we, she's Fijian. Uh, we continued working in San Francisco for a few more years. And then we ended up moving to Fiji for reasons that aren't important right now and lived there for a total of seven years. And um, then we came back from Fiji. T's visa actually came through, was the kind of the, the, the impetus for us uh, m- moving back to the United States. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and then we kind of began building uh, our lives again here in America, and um, and yeah, and the events in the book are kind of a, a a very small snapshot of what happened between basically 2017 and 2019 um, when my wife. Uh, revealed to me that after I came back from a youth camp, we went out to, we went out to dinner. Um, and I, I had a feeling, um, I, I kind of knew that bad things were going to happen at this dinner, but I was still hoping that either I was wrong or that maybe I would choke on a chicken bone at Chinese food. I, <laughs> I'm not sure, but, but <laughs> anything's possible with Chinese food. <laughs> right. And so, 
anyways, but she revealed to me that she'd been having an affair um, and that, um, you know, that, that it wasn't, it wasn't just texting. It was more than that. It was a real, a real affair and so forth and so on. And um, that just began this, it began this journey in my life that I, you know, one of those, one of those times when you think you have your life all planned out and then it just all falls, falls off a cliff. So I want to hit uh, the, I want to hit the pause button there for you because when you received that news from her, I can only imagine as a man, how that must've felt for you. Can you, can you describe what was going through your head at that time? Cause you weren't expecting this, right? I, I was not expecting it. I, it was a complete, it was a surprise. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, I was, I knew bad things were going on. She had been kind of trying to work up the courage. And so a few weeks earlier, she had told me that, you know, she crossed the line in text messages, you know, but then like she, so she was, or maybe not even a few weeks, I think it was the weekend before this, but, um, but yeah, but the fact that it was a, it was a real relationship. They, you know, they had had sex. She she was open about what had gone on. Yeah, when I when I heard that, it wasn't about what I was thinking. It was, yeah, it was it was just it was the worst, the worst feeling that I think any person, any guy can have. It was, it was betrayal. It was. I stopped hearing the words that she was saying. Um, I think she was still talking, and I just stood up and went out to my car. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, and in my mind now, like watching this scene, you know, I, I get in the car, I kind of curl up into the fetal position and then the end begins playing by the doors, you know, mm-hmm. with the song and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, oh, because it was the oh. end. You know? <laughs> it was just the end. But- it was the end of, you know, it's the end of a lot of things. And um I mean, that's yeah. like the worst gut gut punch a guy can have, right? Who's in love with his spouse. Yeah. Yeah. Gut punch. Yeah. That, that phrase was, I was going to say that, but it, yeah, it was, it, it was exactly that there's yeah, nothing, nothing worse. Um, I don't want to give too much of the book away, but was the, the YouTube video discovery before that dinner? Yeah, it okay. was before that. And that was what she tried to explain away with, Oh, text messages. I crossed the line. Gotcha. And, and, and and like I say in the book, you know, if I had been ready to accept the truth at that time and deal with it, it was there waiting for me to see it. You know, I mean, she had been searching, you know, should you tell your husband you had an affair? So that's pretty clear, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I just was like, oh, okay, yeah, text messages. You know, I just, I just didn't want to believe it. You know, we don't, you know, I mean, no. we can only handle so much truth at one, one time. Right. So she tells you, she basically <clears throat> drops the bomb on you. Mm. And mm. for you, you're, you're shell shocked. You can't hear or, or really process anything else in that moment because you're just trying to, to get yourself yes. together. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's like, um, okay, so is my, is my marriage over? Is this, is this it? Right. Are we done? You know, I mean, that, uh, you know, adultery ends marriages, affairs into marriages. So, you know, everything that I have, everything that I have kind of built a life on for the last 15 years is now, you know, there's been an earthquake and I'm, I'm standing on in air, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and are there children at this point in your marriage? No, oh yeah. We had kids. They weren't at dinner. Thank God. Right, right, um, right. But yeah, oh yeah, we we had. I mean, the last uh, our youngest daughter was born in 2012. So mm-hmm. at the time of the book, she was 2012, five, six, seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, I, I say at one point, you know, she her her eyes, you know, thinking of having to tell her that her mom and I were never going to be together ever again. I, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't look my little girl in the eyes and tell her that. I was like, no, I'm going to do whatever I have to to make sure that I don't have to tell that girl that. Can I just tell you, though, that's what a real man is right there. Boom. That's what a real man is. You got that and, right. And you know, the funny thing is, as with a lot of 
important moments, you know, God, God ordained things. It didn't feel important at all. It felt like, it felt like the worst decision between two awful things that a person could have to make. And I guess I'll choose this. Like I, I wish I could tell you, yes, as a manly man, I chose the manly decision of manliness and I chose to fight for my family. But the reality is it was like, well, if I leave her tomorrow, I'm going to spend a lot of time looking for another wife <laughs> and I'm going to have to tell my kids and there's going to be a lot of brokenness and bottom line, I'm still going to hurt whether we make it work or not. Like, yeah, if, but if David, there was a button, in, in your brokenness, you chose one of the most difficult decisions, which was forgiveness and repair. You know, that speaks volumes. It really does. And because you were forward thinking enough, you were thinking about your family. You weren't even thinking about yourself. You were thinking about your children that you don't want them to have to live with a, a divorced um, mom and dad. You want them to have their whole family. I think the Lord, uh, the Lord spoke to you about that. Mm -hmm. Did he not? Did he, he said, uh, do you want to stay married or what was yeah, the that alternative? Was, that was, that was not long after that night. Uh, I think it was like the same week. It was, I think it was during the, <laughs> the week from hell that I, oh, had, I can. Had, and then you start, you were starting yeah. your new job too, weren't you? I was uh, starting a new job. Literally this, this revelation came the night before my first day teaching. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so oh, so I I couldn't I couldn't sleep at all that night. I mean it was like, you know, I'm I'm sure if somebody had like taken me to the hospital, they'd be like, Wow, did you do a bunch of meth before you came here? Because my heart just <laughs> was racing. Oh, no. like, you know, I mean it was just yeah, I, I, <laughs> and so I couldn't sleep a bit. So I literally drove, I think I drove around San Jose until three or four in the morning. I came home, crashed for an hour and went, went and tried to teach my first day. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yes. And it was during that week. I remember vividly crossing the basketball court to get to my classroom. And I felt like I, I heard God say, maybe not, not, not in a voice, but in my head, at the end of this, you can be right or you can be married, but you won't be both. Wow. Hello. Those are hard words. Those are hard words. Man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, you know, God, God knows when we can handle the truth, you know. And I think it was at that moment I needed to hear it because, because it, you know, an affair is unfair, is what I remember reading at one point. And 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 what and what that means to me is this: I I was right a lot of the time. She sure. was you know, doing wacky stuff, just just out of this world, crazy, bad decision stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was right to be like, no, you're crazy. You can't do that. But if I was right, I wasn't going to be married at the end of that episode. You know, mm -hmm. I had to. I remember. I remember, you know, and, and I want to say this, everything you said, you know, that, that I, that, that I did, you know, that I thought about my family, it, it's, it's true, but, but partially, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I talk to people a lot because of the book. I talk to people about what they've been through and, and I find that, you know, for people who, who chose not to stay, there's no judgment in my heart like i i get it you know i mm -hmm. totally in that moment i i truly believe that you know if your partner has chosen to become sexually united with someone else you're, you're free to go at that point mm -hmm. if you want yep mm -hmm. you know yep, you sure are and the fact that i chose to fight it out possibly because i love pain <laughs> but <laughs> not really i mean i'm just kidding but yes you know, know. Th there was you know, but all, all that, all that I'm trying to say there is, you know, I, I, I did at, at, at points I did the right thing. And at other points, I, I, I definitely did the wrong things. You know, I, I mean, I, it was not like a, it was not like a straightforward path where I was like, let me show you the way to, you know, be right before God and stuff like that. I, you know, I, 
it was like two steps forward, one steps back. Sometimes it felt like one step forward, two steps back, you know. Um, but <clears throat> but we kept moving forward. Yeah. And I think um, I forgot why I got on that train right there. But <laughs> well, you know, I appreciate the fact that you're a humble guy, and um, I just uh, appreciate the fact that um, you know you've put it all out there, no holds barred for people to kind of look into your life that is a private area of your life, you know, because it really will speak to people and it really will help them and it really will help them heal as well and show them the path that you rarely see of when people choose to work it out. We got a lot of people commenting right now. Uh, I'm going to read one. Uh, Donnie Seeger says, uh, I believe Paul says, just can't just cause you can doesn't mean you should. You have the right to divorce someone if they commit adultery, but I believe God would rather you work it out. It's all possible. If it's if yeah. it at all possible. You I know, agree, Donnie. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And and I and I want to say this, Tina, you, you were right on when you said, you know, I chose to stay from my family. If I really examine my motives for, you know, what drove me. It, it, at that point, it, it wasn't love for my wife. I, I wasn't in love with her. You know, I had been for many years, but it, from that day on, you know, there, there was, there was, that was not a motive. But what was a motive, you know, was, like I said, I, I just, I, I want to keep my kids from having to go back and forth at Christmas time if I can. Mm -hmm. And that's not to judge people who didn't, <laughs> you know, but, um, <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah, I just, it's it's not it's not um, it's not an easy thing, and I think, yeah, <laughs> it's not. But I think the reward is worth it because yeah. um, I'm sure as a result, your marriage is even stronger than you could have ever imagined. You know, and it's funny you say that because. <clears throat> So our marriage was changed as a result of what happened. And, and, and that's actually um, what the book is, is more about, in, in my mind at least, than, than you know, me telling the story of my wife that had an affair. That, that's kind of, it, it's, it almost became just the backdrop for the real story yep. that I ended up writing, which was my transformation from one person to another. Mm -hmm. And... And that's where the, the title of the book comes from is, you know, so I, you know, I grew up and, um, you know, I, like I said, I went to Catholic church and, you know, I learned all of the, all of the, uh, you know, the, the kind of banal Jesus always loves everybody. Don't ever fight. Don't, don't do those things, blah, blah, blah. You know, the kind of watered down Sunday school gospel that's easy to teach in a 20 minute lesson. Not that Sunday school is a bad thing, but you know what I'm trying to say, you know, mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and that's what I, you know, that's what I took in. So the only fight I was ever in, in sixth grade, I, I ran home. The kid punched me in the stomach. I probably deserved it because I had been mouthing off to him last, the day before that. And, uh, you know, rather than fight him to stand up for myself, you know, I, I ran home crying. And, and from that moment on, I, you know, there was that. There was that little seed planted in my spirit, which was that I was a coward. I was afraid to fight. And, you know, that seed stayed buried deep down inside there for 30 years until, until the day that um, is described in that first chapter where, where I decided, you know what, I don't care if I die. I am going to stand up for myself one time. And, and, you know, I, I, I don't want to give too much of the book away. The opening chapter is, is kind of the fruit of that decision. It is the, the culmination of that decision that I have been running from conflicts for 30 years and by God, I'm not going to do it anymore. I don't care what happens next. I'm going to stand up for what I believe in, which is my family. I'm fighting for them, like you said, and I'm fighting for more than that. My right to stand up for myself, 
You know, I am a human being. I am an individual that God has created. I am a man whose job, I believe, this is kind of a little tangent, but, you know, I, I feel like, you know, in the modern church, men have been kind of reduced to our, our status is helper of the wife. In speak her it. Spiritual, speak it, brother. Know, her spiritual journey. And, you know, every once in a while, the pastor gets enough, you know, irritation that he says, you know, men, you're the spiritual head of the household. But the reality is, you know, the wife still runs everything and the, the guys, the guys just, you know, kind of run around trying to keep them happy. Right. That's where the happy wife, happy life comes from. But the reality is, you know, I'm just not at all sure that any part of that is God's plan for us as men, you know, um, and, and that's really the transformation that has taken place in our marriage is absolutely miracle. Um, and it, it's the only way that, you know, the, the events described in the book, you know, the, the, my journey through uh, my wife's of adultery, um, it was the only way I see, I believe, that I could come to the place where I would be willing to accept that I had been a coward and that I was not going to do it anymore, that I was going to stand up and become, you know, the, the warrior that I believe is inside every man. We are all called to fight for something, you know. And, and I think there's lots of causes, but every man has something that deep down he knows this should not be compromised. You know, my wife and I were just talking today at lunch and um, she was saying, you know, God had shown her that, that her, her boss, she made her boss and, and kind of the, her boss at work into an idol. And, and I said, oh, really? How, you know, how did you know that? How did you, how did you hear that? And she said, I was just reading, she was reading something in Kings and, and um, it's, and the, the commentary that she was reading, he, it says, if you can't say no to something or someone, chances are good that it's an idol in your life. Mm. Wow. And that's, that's some stuff right there. That wow. Makes, that makes right? total sense. Right. Yeah. yeah. Chances are good. You've given you've given that place or that person uh, too much authority in your life. And so the truth was, in my marriage, I could not say no to tea before the events in the book, before adultery, before our marriage completely ended and, and God kind of gave us a second chance at doing marriage a different way. Mm -hmm. But before that, there was literally nothing. I mean, she could say, whatever, you know. And, and and here's the thing. I don't think that's particularly unique. I think the church so, sort of subtly teaches that that's our number one job as husbands is to say yes to our wives all the time because they really are the ones that have the in touch with God, you know, the, the, the spiritual hotline. And, and, you know, at one point I just decided, <laughs> you know what? I don't think that's true because my wife is way off base. And if somebody doesn't start hearing from God, like right now, we're not, you know, we're not, we're not going to make it out of this. And, um, yeah, so I, I started having to say no to mm -hmm. her. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, you know, I, I know that's a very vague statement, but. So you had to you start know, being the head of the household, really. I had to start being the head of the household. That's right. And I had to start. I had, I had to, yeah, I had to take her out of the, the place of idol, you know, and, and, and begin and, 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 you know, because everything that had happened in some ways it was easy because it was like, you know, we go from extremes, right? You know, so one, one day she's an idol in my life. The next day, like, you know, everything she does and says is wrong, you know, which obviously was not true either, but you know, it was part of the journey. And so, yeah. So I think I started this, you said stronger marriage and, and I just, I, I, I can't, I can't, um, I can't emphasize enough how amazing the transformation that's taking place in our marriage and in my life is because it's one of those things that, you know, 
she was she was she would say to me every once in a while, you know, you're you're the man. You should you know do this or that. You should lead, blah blah blah. And so you know, I would whatever I would lead, but not because I wanted to or felt like I'm supposed to, just because she told me to, you know. But now I find that because I was the one leading us, like God was speaking to me mm-hmm. for the first time in our marriage. God was speaking to me and not her mm-hmm. when all these things happened. Mm. Like I would, I remember one morning I woke up and I had some dream. It was about her mom and a bird or something. I don't know what it was, mm-hmm. but I told her the dream and, <laughs> and she was really pissed off right away. And I was like, it's just a bird and your mom. She was like, no, I hate that God keeps exposing me to you. And it's just, I can't hide anything. And she went on to tell me like the dream was, basically right on about all these like things she'd been hiding and you know and he was just busting her out to me because uh, he was speaking to me and not to her at the time you know i think she had she had stopped listening you know at mm-hmm. some point when we when we stopped listening to god he right. stopped speaking exactly so <laughs> so yeah so and you know he i mean i was genuinely just seeking god and trying to find out what you know, what do I do today? You know, I was, that was a common phrase for us during that time was one day at a time. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause it was, it was just too much to imagine or try to figure out how is this all going to shake out? You know? So the, the Alcoholics Anonymous mantra of one day at a time became our sort of life mantra for two, three years there. And even now, you know, I find that it's something that when things become overwhelming, it's good to just slow down and say, okay, one day at a time. Yeah. Amen to that. Absolutely. Amen to that. I am I'm just really, really uh happy that you chose to share your story. So just want to say thank you. Yeah. And, uh, Dave, would you come back for a part two? I would love to. Because yeah, sure. I hope people go out and pick up this book because it's from Coward to Warrior. I got my copy on Amazon by David Turner. Uh had it in a day. So uh, I know you can get it on Amazon. Where else can they get it, Dave? That's pretty much it. Amazon, but there is actually ebook and even an audiobook format on the Amazon page. So you can do any of those three options. I really hope everybody, at least all the men that are listening, go out and pick up a copy of this book. It will change your life because I'd love to have David back. Um, we touched on, we maybe scratch the surface of yeah, everything, I didn't of everything, <laughs> I go, like we, everything right. going on. And I, I, Dave, I'd like to have you back to discuss more of the, like I said, hopefully people will read the book in between now and then, but to have you talk about the codependency piece and uh, um, there's just a lot of meat in there that we didn't, we didn't touch on in the book. And I, I think it's, we need to do it justice, and I'd love to hear it from from you. Sounds good. I'd love to. Yeah, I did the audio format because I know as guys, you know, a lot of times we're too busy to read a book. It's too long, you know. So I figured, actually, not I figured. I felt like God put it in my heart to uh, to pay for the production of a a um, of an audio book, and so that's on there on the Amazon page as well, and. You know, even the guy that did it, you know, I was I was um, sorting through, you know, people that have you audition. And I listened to a bunch and I was like, no, no, no. And then this guy that that I finally had end up doing the book, he read the first like chapter there. And within the first three words, I was like, him, that's him. That I want that guy. <laughs> so he he read it just like I felt it. It was really good. Wow. I, I loved how he did that's it. awesome. Yeah. I may have to pick up a copy of that just to just to hear <laughs> that. It, yeah. But uh, I want to leave us with a quote from the book that I that I underlined as I was reading. And and uh, it says, uh, but there's a difference between loving yourself too much and not even liking who you are. Mm. So I uh, and, and there's a lot more. So I, I'd love to have Dave back for a part two. If you could come, brother, that'd be great. I would love to do it again. Yes, I, that flew by. I, I didn't even realize we 
we were out of time. Yeah, and um, one of our listeners, Donnie, uh, said the audiobook format is the one I'm going to get. Perfect. Thank Amen. you, Donnie. And let us know, you know, drop a comment and let us know what you think. And and we'll have David back when he's available and really get into some meat and potatoes of uh, of the book and stuff like that. I would love to uh, unpack some more stuff in there. So uh, anyway, pick up a copy of the book on Amazon. It's from Coward to Warrior, based on a true story by David Turner. I promise you will not be disappointed. And if you can put it down, you're a better man than me. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh man, thanks again, Dave, for for coming and hanging out with us, and everybody hey, on Mixler. No worries, it's been my pleasure. Oh, that's great, baby. Got any uh, final thoughts or? No, I I just I'm so appreciative that he wrote this book. I really am, and like you said, you know, guys, when you pick up the copy, when you're done reading it, give it to your wives, girlfriends girlfriends you like that girlfriend wow <laughs> what have you okay um <laughs> and uh, you know let her read it too so um you can uh you know maybe both glean some good stuff out of it i guarantee it i guarantee i um a little little footnote on that i i started work on key side of the story uh, a few months ago Oh, great. Fantastic. Yeah. Because I had a lot of those, I had a lot of those girls in Fiji that we gave free copies to ask, ask about that. And so, you know, I started thinking about it. So yeah, so I'm, I'm working on that. I have no idea when it'll be done, but I would like to, I would like to do that next. And David, once that is done, we'll have you and T back again uh, for that book as well. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Would love to have tea on the show. That would be wonderful. That's a great idea. Maybe for the return visit, I can you know, we can see if she can join us. Sounds oh, that great. would be awesome. Sounds fantastic. Oh, fantastic. That would be great. All right. Well, thanks, y'all, for being with us. Dave, hang out with us for a second. We'll be right with you. And uh, thank you to everybody that dialed in on Mixler tonight. Uh, it was a good one. It's only going to get better. We love and appreciate all of you. And I want to thank you... Uh, Everybody that's uh, given recently towards the taxes, uh, it is the tax man cometh and uh, we have to file like the big boys. So thank you. All right. Well, thanks for being here. We love you and we appreciate you. And that about wraps it up for session 327. I'm Fritz. And I'm Tina. God bless. God bless. God bless.